Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Yeah, that's our that's our murderer. Oh, don't tell me who the murderer is. Obviously, I'm not I, telling you who it is. I, I just want to show you the picture because he looks so good in that picture. I thought it was going to be the guy with the sunglasses. Uh, no, that's the sheriff. <laughs> I I know. I was, I was just kidding. Yeah, I know. He looked a lot better when he was. <laughs> Why does his hand uh, look so small? <laughs> oh, it's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> He's got a small hand. Did you ever see that movie? Where he's like, you want some mashed potatoes? <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah. Grab the strong hand. Yeah. I got to get it with my strong hand. <laughs> but okay, so let's get into this shit. I don't, um, this is a very, very poorly researched episode. Why? But, You've had plenty well, of time, Joe. Oh, I know. No, I, I, I haven't had time. Time has passed. I haven't had it. It is what it is. It'll be. It'll be all right. But. Let's go. Welcome to Crime Shots. She's Bree. And he's Joe. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Oh, hold on. Let me get a beer. It's, it is Crime Shots, right? Right. <sighs> I mean, technically. I don't know why we haven't done that. I feel like we need to have done that. We, we need to have done that by to. now. I know. I don't know why we haven't. Have you listened to the episodes yeah. in the early days? <laughs> right. <laughs> we were a little thirsty. The Brian Lawson episode? Oh, my gosh. Brian. Oh, yeah. Okay. So today we're going to take us a little trip. I hate saying that. I don't know why I say it like that. Today we're going to take a little trip. Because take us a little trip sounds redneck as fuck. Um, say, say, just, you know, bring us in. Bring us into the caravan with you. The caravan? We have a caravan? Well, if we're taking a little trip the way you said it, we're definitely in a caravan. Take a little trip down the bayou, catch us a gator, <laughs> and some crawfish. Okay, so we're going to Anderson County, Texas. You know where that's at? Anderson County? Anderson County. Not Anderson, Texas. Anderson County, Texas. I know where Anderson, Texas is, but I don't. I've never right. heard of Anderson County. Go for it. So Anderson County is Palestine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are we there? Yeah. So Anderson County is Palestine is the county that Palestine is in. Technically, we're outside of Palestine. We're in Anderson County. We're okay. actually in Tennessee Colony, which is kind of Katy to Houston, right? Yeah. Tennessee Colony is Colony is to Palestine. We've talked about Tennessee Colony for something. But I don't have we? Yeah, it might have been one of those places that like 
we were going through it or yeah something was on the outside of it but i remember that because i remember thinking i've never heard of that before yeah okay so we're starting on sunday morning this is november 15th 2015 okay Mm -hmm. so not really that long ago no not that long ago um it is the anderson county sheriff's department they receive a phone call from a woman who is pretty obviously in fear for her life, right? Mm-hmm. So she calls, she's whispering because she is not 100% sure that the murderer is even gone, right? So she's, I'm, I would say she's in shock. She's going to have to be in shock at this point. But she calls she gives her location kind of the best she can which is it's a it's a small parcel of land that is just outside of palestine right in tennessee colony okay so it's just a it's just land there's no house it's just a piece of land when the police arrive they find cindy johnson or cynthia johnson Mm -hmm. and i didn't know this cynthia cynthia and cindy same name right Mm -hmm. i mean I don't know. I went through this whole thing going, how the hell is the story telling me two different names before I realized that Cindy, I guess, is short for Cynthia? So, well, whoops. I mean, no, I it totally makes sense now that it, once I saw it, but it was after, you know, for for the longest, I thought all the the, the news outlets had it wrong. Turns out, not so much. much. Cindy, short for Cynthia, right? So Cynthia Johnson. When they get there, the scene is pretty bad. It is a, there's, oh, there's an Airstream trailer and and a campsite kind of around the Airstream trailer, right? Mm -hmm. Two people dead inside the Airstream trailer. Two people. So, Two people. Okay, so let's just go straight to <clears throat> Cynthia's story. Okay, so this is Cynthia telling this story, and then we'll kind of we'll move to the trial afterwards. Ooh, um, there's a trial. Oh yeah. I love trials. Yeah. So Saturday, November fourteenth, the day before, the sheriff's office gets their phone call. Tom Camp, his two sons, Nathan and Austin, these are older sons that lived in California. Uh, They actually flew into Texas to kind of hang out with their dad for the weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Tom's girlfriend, Hannah Johnson, her six-year-old son, KJ, and then Hannah's parents, not Tom's parents, but Hannah's parents. I know this can get kind of convoluted, so I'm trying to keep this as straight as possible. Okay. Hannah's parents, Carl and Cindy or Cynthia, Cindy or Cynthia Johnson, right? So let's just to recap here, we've got Tom and Hannah, right? They're dating. Okay. Tom owns the property they're going to. So they're going to this piece of land in Tennessee Colony. Tom, Hannah, they're dating. Nathan and Austin are Tom's two sons, his older sons. So I'm guessing previous marriage right mm-hmm. hannah's son six-year-old kj and it says hannah's son 
So I'm guessing previous marriage here as well. And then Hannah's parents, Carl and Cindy, or KJ's grandparents, right? Mm -hmm. They're all headed to Anderson County to this land right outside of Palestine, Texas. Okay. Uh, Carl and Cindy make it to the property before everyone else, and they find a padlock on the gate that they said shouldn't have been there. Hmm. So the gate was actually locked with an unknown lock. Uh, so Carl gets out, cuts the lock off with bolt cutters, and they go through the gate because it's Tom's property, right? I mean, yeah, I would do that if it was my property. And oh, yeah, shouldn't if it's have been my there. property and there's – exactly. Yeah, right. 100%. Not, not a weird thing at all. Right. Um, <laughs> However, I would have seriously questioned why someone else put a lock on my gate. Exactly. We're getting there. So, when they pull through the gate, they only get, I don't know, it doesn't really say, but I'm, I'm guessing 100 feet or less mm -hmm. through the gate, and the truck and the trailer get stuck. Oh, dear. Uh, Carl and Cindy get out of the vehicle. Was it a Ford? I'm guessing... You know, that's... I want to say it was an F-150, but now that you ask me that, I can't remember, and I didn't pay attention to that. But if it was, I wouldn't be shocked, <laughs> you know. They're too heavy for their own good anyway. Very heavy. Yeah, junk. Anyway, <laughs> let's not get into that. All right, uh, so obviously you know how it is, right? Your truck and your trailer get stuck. You're kind of there by yourself. It sucks. November, Texas, it's probably not too hot, but, you know. Still not cold heated. yet. They but... get into an, right, but they get heated. They get into an argument. You know, who knows? She might have tried to give advice where advice wasn't wanted and hey, words were exchanged. Who knows? You know, things happen. Okay, so so moving on, right? So they get into a they get into an argument. Who knows? Whatever. Told you you should have bought those mud tires. Told you they wouldn't do anything. Who knows, right? Whatever it is, they get in this argument. Uh, the argument happens to be loud enough that it gets the attention of the neighbor. Oh dang! So the neighbor comes over, uh, ready to, I guess, jump their ass for making too much noise. Right. Yeah. So he comes over pissed off about the noise and then he notices, oh, they're stuck. So he offers to go get his tractor and pull them out. Right. So he goes back, he gets his tractor, he comes back, pulls them out of the mud. And then Carl tries to pay him. Uh, but instead, he's like, you know what? You don't need to pay me. I'll just take a beer instead. So it was kind of about that time when the rest of the group shows up. Right. Yeah. Um, so the Tom and Hannah show up towing an ATV or a side-by-side, -side, I'm guessing, right? Uh, uh, on a trailer, the rest of the family's there. So they all kind of start setting up camp and then the neighbor will not leave. Like, not that he won't leave. He doesn't refuse to leave, but. I mean, come on, we've all been in that situation, right? Where somebody shows up and it's kind of awkward and it's like, well, you don't want to be an asshole and tell them yeah. to leave, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we're probably trying to have some family time here. You yeah. can How you do can you go tell now, someone thanks. they've worn out their welcome? Right. Exactly. It's pretty hard. Yeah. It sucks. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody right. wants to be that guy. Yeah. So they set up camp. 
they, you know, are kind of sitting around campfires, you'd imagine, in a campsite. And eventually the conversation lands on the padlock that was cut, Ugh. right? Yeah. This is when the neighbor becomes angry, saying that that's not, it's disrespectful, and that he put that lock on there for a reason. Oh. And that they should have never cut it off. Why did he put a lock on their gate? Yeah. So, so already, them, I'm getting red flags from the neighbor. Yeah. Seems kind of <laughs> odd. Yeah. Like, hmm, weird, right? Yeah. Turns out, this land had been owned by his family since the 1800s. Dang. And he had planned on buying it and just never, I don't know, never could come up with the money, I guess. To own that land. Yeah, because right? you said his this family had owned it for years. For 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 since the eighteen hundreds, apparently. Jeez. Now I don't know that he goes into that much detail when he tells them this, but that's something we find out later is that it's it's been in the family for a long, long, long time. He said it was disrespectful that they cut his lock and yada yada yada. Apparently he got a little bit heated and Carl kind of tried to calm him down by telling him that we're friends and that nobody meant any disrespect and you know they didn't realize and you know it's it's not that big of a deal and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. We, you know we mentioned the fact that he wouldn't really leave that was kind of conveyed. So apparently Hannah mentioned to Tom at one point during the night I guess when they got a minute alone that she wished he would leave. But you know like we said <laughs> That's a little difficult it, to tell somebody. It's hard to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. I mean, nobody wants to be that asshole. Right. So, um, at one point, so now it's getting kind of late. It's getting later. Um, let's see. Tom, Nathan, Austin, right? So, Tom, the two older sons, the two older sons from California, KJ, the grandson, the six-year-old, mm-hmm. and... So William Hudson is the neighbor. Okay. Okay. So Tom, Nathan, Austin, KJ, and William Hudson all get in the side by side. So this I'm guessing is a probably like a four door side by side, pretty, pretty large mm-hmm. to get five people in to go out and get firewood, right? Mm-hmm. So Cindy, Cynthia, Hannah, and Carl stayed in camp to make dinner while they were gone. So we clear out where we are here, right? Mm-hmm. So Tom, Nathan, Austin, KJ, and William, the neighbor, get in the ATV to go pick up firewood, and the other three stay back to cook. About 10 to 15 minutes later, they heard gunshots. Now, it is Texas, right? It is out in the country. Gunshots are not uncommon. So they just thought somebody was fooling around, whatever. No big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, about five minutes later, they hear the ATV coming back. And when it pulls up, now it's almost fully dark when the ATV pulls back up. Okay. So he gets right up into camp before they realize it is only William on the ATV. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so Hannah kind of people. approaches. Say, sorry, what? We're missing some people. Right. 
so Hannah approaches the ATV, I think before she kind of realizes that it's just him, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's so dark. I'm going to say, I don't know what she saw, but I think we can probably imagine what she saw. If it be it blood or just be it the fact that it's just him, right? Mm -hmm. She turned and yelled daddy to Carl, like frantically, mm -hmm. because she saw something. Right. And at right at that point, Hudson fires two shotgun blasts. <gasps> so the first one didn't hit anybody. The second one hit Carl, who was standing in the doorway of the Airstream trailer uh -oh. in the hip. So he fell onto the steps of the trailer while Hannah was running to him. Mm. Um, so, and this is, so I'm trying to kind of get the, the, the scene here. Mm -hmm. Cynthia was standing by the fire further back away from the airstream a little bit. Okay. So as soon as the first shot went off, she dropped. And again, we're talking about really dark, right? So as soon as she hit the ground, she was pretty well hidden. And from what we understand, William never even saw her or didn't realize she was even there. So she hits the ground, kind of crawls back up against some stuff to try to stay in the shadows. And William gets out of the ATV, continues firing, and grabs Hannah and Carl, drags them into the ATV, and literally beats them to death. Oh my God. Inside the ATV. So, I mean, I'm sorry, ATV. Inside the camper, inside yeah. the Airstream. Yeah. That's what I was picturing. Um, I know you were saying ATV, but I, I always picture in the camper. Right. And so let's, and I, so I guess this is basically Cynthia's retelling of the entire thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so, to quote her here, she said, I just was wondering what I could do. And, but knowing William was in there, I would be the end of any witness. I'm going to translate as that as saying she was hiding, knowing that if she got killed, no one would be able to tell the story. Right. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So she knows. Even though her husband and her daughter are being murdered she knows if she gets up to try to help anybody and she gets killed this guy could have a chance of getting away with it right um she said at one point she heard carl ask william hudson why are you doing this i thought we were friends and then she heard hudson say you think it's funny now and then basically just I mean, I don't know how to say this other than just somebody beating the shit out of somebody. And it was, it went on for a while. Wow. He said at some point, Hudson exited the trailer and threw up everywhere. Oh, dang. And then he, she said he started walking towards her and she thought, oh my God, he saw me. But he stopped in front of a cooler, took out a beer, stayed outside and drank the beer and then went back in and continued the beatings. Oh, my God. He said, it. Uh, all I heard was a lot of impacts on something, I assumed, the bodies. 
Wow. So eventually that ended. William came out of the trailer and then she didn't really know because as dark as it was where he went or where he was and she eventually fell asleep in her hiding place. How you do that, I don't know. I, I, how do you fall asleep at a time like that? Well, I'm not judging her, don't get me wrong. No, yeah, but if you but, think about it, though, the whole time she's laying there, her adrenaline is going crazy. So her heart is just racing. And she true. probably passes out from sheer exhaustion. Right. Of, of just adrenaline. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get it. So she falls asleep. The next morning, she wakes up with fire ants all over her face. Mm. So she picks up Hannah's cell phone and kind of crawled into the woods. Mm -hmm. And that's where she called the sheriff's office. Wow. From, from, yeah. I don't know how that English. Yeah. So later on that day, so this is November 15th, right? Sunday, November 15th, 2015. Uh, the sheriff's office shows up and they arrest Hudson immediately, right? So, I mean, as soon as they get there, she says what happened. They go arrest him, right? Wow, yeah. So, okay, so moving forward now, we go all the way to the trial, which was two years later. Mm -hmm. So in 2017, November of 2017 is when this whole thing starts. Two years later... I would say almost to the day. Uh, the trial was held in Brazos County. We know where that's at, right? Brazos County is Brazos County, where College Station is. Yep. And he was in, so he was in the Bryan Jail, or the Brazos County Jail, I guess. He was mm. in the Brazos County Jail. Uh, Why was he there? The Why wasn't he in Palestine? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I really don't know what the 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 reason for the move was unless maybe they just tried for a change of venue and got it i really don't oh, that could be there wasn't any too. kind of lead up to that um i mean this is two years later so i'm sure there's quite a bit of legal wrangling that's going on before we get to this point right yeah um so the judge was mark calhoun um and the trial starts, right? So the prosecutors bring in a, a psychologist um, who basically testifies that William Hudson is a psychopath. Mm. So they he gave him a, you know, examination, said that he basically fits the the narrative as a psychopath. But he also said that this person, William Hudson, actually suffers from a personality disorder not a mental illness and I'll, or I'll, I'll, I'll let him kind of explain that he, what he said. So this is Dr. Timothy Proctor who's a psychologist uh, testified uh, Tuesday morning that Hudson has a personality disorder. Per, ah, why is that so hard to say? Personality, personality disorder? disorder, personality disorder, drink another one, personality disorder, drink <laughs> another one, drink more. Yeah. Mm. Just drink the whole bottle real fast. A personality disorder. It's not a bottle. It's a can. Drink Thank the you. whole can real fast. No, no, no. And then you yeah. then you can speak better. I don't think that's how that works. 
yeah, so testified Tuesday morning that Hudson has a personality disorder, not a mental illness. The differences, Proctor said, the differences are that mental illnesses wax, wane, and develop over time and can be treated with medication. Personality disorders, though, have more to do with a person's personality makeup, which Proctor said tends to be there throughout their life. So one is something that kind of develops, right? One is something that builds up to a certain point, mm -hmm. whereas the other one is is just that's their personality. That's that's just what they have, right? So that's their makeup. Yeah. But he also continues to say that once you have a personality disorder, it's there and it's going to continue to be there versus. So in other words, like a, a personality disorder can't be medicated. It's, it's right. It says these disorders are not easily treated. Great. And he said, quote, especially the type that Mr. Hudson has. <laughs> That's a new fear unlocked. Thank you for that. <laughs> right. So they get into <laughs> all these different things. and. Basically, there was we're saying we're talking about his I want to say it was his sister. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't want to just read all this, but I kind of feel like we we need to go through this. OK, so Proctor said that Hudson's rage, manipulative tendencies and impulsiveness are likely due to his personality, not brain damage he sustained over the course of his life. So Monday, let's see. I said Monday the 1st, testified Tuesday morning. Dr. Timothy Proctor testified Tuesday morning that Hudson had a personality disorder, not a mental illness. Mm -hmm. Now they're saying on Monday, so I'm guessing the next Monday. Okay, so like the following week. Okay. So we're talking Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It was probably all Proctor talking about different things, about his, you know, the differences there. Mm -hmm. um, so on Monday, Dr. Antoinette McGarren. McGarahan. Dr. Antoinette McGarahan. She was a forensic psychologist and neuropsychologist, testified that Hudson's IQ score had diminished since he dropped out of high school around the year 2000 because of a combination of two rollover accidents, alcohol abuse, and a history of seizures. So it sounds to me like we've got two different stories here. We've got one guy that says, yeah, he is what he is. Right? And he's always been that way and will and always, he's always be that been way. that way. And now you've got Ant Antoinette McGarrahan. Jesus, <laughs> hell of a name. Basically saying it's 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 a combination of, of his past and what's happened to him. Okay. So very contradicting opinions. Yeah. Well, okay, so you know what? This was the previous Monday. Because now Proctor says Tuesday that he agreed that Hudson's brain had been damaged, but based on his reading and interviews with people who had known throughout his life, who he had known throughout his life, Hudson's manipulative tendencies and rage had been consistent across the board and occurred throughout his life. So Proctor said from the time of late adolescence or early adulthood, from everything I've read, he's been the same kind of guy. So Proctor is saying that this he's been this dude since his late teens, right? Mm -hmm. Prosecutors also call Aaron Phillips, Phillips, Phillips. Prosecutors call Aaron Phillips, a neurologist in Tyler, Texas, 
and she was testifying about the MRI of Hudson's brain that was taken in September 2015. Now, this is interesting because the murders happened in November 2015. Mm-hmm. Why do we have an MRI of his brain from September of 2015? Hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess it's so not... It would have been two months prior? Two months prior to the murders, for some reason, they're doing an MRI on his brain. That doesn't seem like something that just happens, right? And I'm not saying that was he it... wasn't showing these problems from you know beforehand, but yeah, man, I, that's just to me that's weird. That's like a it's a pretty telling sign. Well, go ahead. Was it what? I mean, he they said that that he had suffered injuries to his brain via yes. you know car accident Two vehicle and, accidents yeah. and alcohol abuse and a history of seizures yeah so um like i have a friend who is epileptic and she has to have mris on her brain like regularly okay so that makes sense so this would be probably due to the seizures i can see that yeah okay so the okay. seizure so part yeah go. i can understand that yeah so probably due to the seizures right so that's why we're having these these MRIs um, he testified basically that uh, his brain did not appear to be structurally damaged in any, in any way. Uh, but she also said that MRIs show a brain's structure, but not its level of functioning functionality. So. So what's the purpose of the sense? MRI? Well, I guess they can kind of see what they it looks like. They can see if there's any damage to the brain, but any not function. physical damage. Right. Yeah. So you can see physical damage, but not necessarily functional damage. No, that doesn't make sense. Because well, if they're, if it's like a, if they're, if it's a routine seizure exam type thing, they would be checking for functionality because they would be seeing where. Right. But I don't, but. I think what she's testifying is that it didn't it didn't appear. So she says, and this is basically her. I'm not going to say this is a quote of hers, but quoting quoting the 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 eagle, right? So the 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 Brian Eagle, which is the newspaper in Brazos County, there where okay. this where the courthouse was. Okay, so you're quoting Just the quoting newspaper, them. not the person. Did I say that right? No, you said papal. Did I? That's cool. We all get it. <laughs> Drink another one. Drink the whole bottle. <laughs> Just chug the whole thing. The newspaper and not the person. Papal. Papal. <laughs> yeah. So quoting the newspaper, Phillips said, Hudson's brain did not appear to be structurally damaged in any way. Under cross-examination by Evans, who would be the... I'm going to say prosecutor? Oh. Hey, <laughs> it's in the fucking article. <laughs> Hudson faces life in prison without parole or death by lethal injection. The case was moved to Brazos County because of pretrial publicity in Anderson County, which is more than 100 miles northeast of Bryan. So he's in, what did you say, Brazos County? Because he's in Brazos County because of pretrial publicity in Anderson County. Right. So, I mean, obviously you can imagine this is... This is probably the worst multiple murder. I don't want to say mass murder. That seems weird. This is gruesome. 
It's the yeah. most gruesome. I mean, this is not something you hear for hear about in uh, Palestine. Right. You know, this is not this is not how this all yeah goes down. This yeah. is something that everybody's talking about. Makes sense. Special special prosecutor Lisa Tanner. So I'm guessing, so we're talking about cross-examination, meaning it's, okay, it's the defense. Evans was the defense attorney, whoever the hell he was. Okay. Um, I don't see Stephen Evans. Defense attorney Stephen Evans. My God. It's like if I read it, I would know. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it had been a snake, it had bitten you. Right. <laughs> um. So... Recalling research under cross-examination by defense attorney Stephen Evans, Proctor said some studies have shown lower rates of violence among inmates serving life without parole sentences. Does that make sense? Do, we, do, I need to, do we need to spell that one out? No. Although you, you have me questioning. Let me say it one more time. Okay. Yeah. No, no. But I, I, the reason I'm saying this is because it, it takes me a second to, to get this, too. Proctor said some studies have shown that lower rates of violence among inmates serving life without parole sentences, as Hudson would if he were not sentenced to death, than prisoners serving sentences that eventually end. Lower rates of violence among inmates serving life without parole. So, in a really stupid way, they're saying... If we give him life, they're less likely to be violent than right. if we were to put him to death because they have nothing to lose. Right. They could have just said it that way. <laughs> they could have said it that way. Yeah. No, I understood it when you first said it, but when you were like, Do, did you? I was like, yeah. oh, well, I don't know. Did no, I? It was just said so confusingly. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I said, it. I said, yes, I understand it too confidently. Maybe I didn't understand it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean questioning okay, so, my own intelligence. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. If I wasn't doing that, I wouldn't be doing my job. Great. Um, yeah, okay, so back to the MRI we were talking about, right? So Phillips, Aaron Phillips, the neurologist in Tyler, Texas, said that Hudson's brain did not appear to be structurally damaged in any other way in any way. But then under cross examination by Stephen Evans, the the defense attorney. Phillips said that MRIs show a brain's structure, but not its level of functioning. So he said it didn't appear to be structurally damaged. And then Evan was like, Evans said, yeah, but does that mean that you're saying that it functioned at 100%? And now she's saying, well, it shows the structure. It doesn't necessarily show the functionality. So that's the context in which that went down. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. So they brought the prosecution brought in Hudson's ex-wife, Katrina Johnston, mm. who testified that Hudson had put a shotgun to her head twice and threatened to kill her and take their daughter before they could get a divorce. Oh, is there a police report on that? I would imagine not the first time. I would say I I bet you the first time there wasn't one. Uh it doesn't say anything about a police report. But as you will see, it doesn't seem like she's lying because there's just so many of these. Right? Mm -hmm. Plus plus the rest of it. We'll get into that here shortly. So 
Katrina, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, she said that he told her he would kill her and bury her where no one would found her. Find her. Found her. I need another beer. Did it say uh, found her? Or did it say find fine. her and you? It says find. Wow. Well, you know, didn't say I did a good job researching this. In fact, I said the opposite. <sighs> so she said he told her he would kill her and bury her where no one would find her. And she said that the final straw was the last time that he pulled a shotgun. And she grabbed the barrel, pointed it at her own head, and told him to pull the trigger because she, quote, couldn't live like this anymore. Apparently, this shocked William Hudson. His jaw dropped, and he put the shotgun down. And the next day, she left him. Nice. So I guess it just, you know, I mean, if you... I know they can't see this, but you can see the pictures. (laughs) That I shared with you. Mm. So he's not. I mean, the bewilder, but the bewilderment on that face right there. You know, the guy's not. He's not winning any awards, you know. Uh, so Hudson's other ex-wife, Susanna Reed, was brought in and she testified that Hudson had actually never threatened to kill His her. other ex-wife? His other ex-wife. So, see, he's doing something. Multiple wives. Yeah, but that happens to a lot of people. You can't say that's, you know, come on. (laughs) I'm just saying. Nope. So, Hudson's other ex-wife, Susanna Reed, testified that Hudson had never threatened to kill her, but had instead threatened to kill himself multiple times. Mm-hmm. She said that when they first dated, he didn't really have a drinking problem, but after they got married, he seemed to drink more and more. And she also mentioned that he hated and she thought basically resented his parents for some reason. Uh, and she also mentioned that at one point he threatened to cut her brake lines. Oh, dear. For some reason. So um, he didn't threaten to kill her. Right. He never threatened to kill her, but he did threaten to cut her brake lines. He threatened to make sure she would unalive herself. Well, it may not kill you. It would just suck. It would suck. I don't know that that would kill you. Cutting somebody's brake lines is... I mean... That could be bad. It could be bad, but chances are you're going to figure it out right down the block. You're not going to be doing... It's not like you're going straight to the highway. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're doing maybe you're doing 90 before you realize it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you're wrong. Okay. Right. So then the prosecution also called a few jailers from Anderson County Jail. Not Brazos County Jail for some reason. Uh, I guess he was in Anderson County Jail for a while. Right. Um, well, he was there for two years they, before we went to trial with this. Was it three? Was it two years? He said two. Or was it... Well, I know it's been two years before the trial started. I'm just wondering how long he's actually been in Anderson County. Uh, yeah, so... Well, I'm saying they probably only transferred him to Brazos County for tr- for the purposes of trial. So he's probably in Anderson County that whole time. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I'm just I'm trying to see if I can find where this was that... Yeah, that doesn't say. Okay, so yeah, let's just assume that. So they so they brought in Anderson County Jail jailers. Uh, basically, they just said he was a pain in the ass. Um, he was kept in solitary confinement most of the time in jail, 
because he had actually threatened to beat up anybody they put in with him as a cellmate. Um, notably, the defense uh, doesn't call any witnesses. That's weird. And they don't even bring up of any type of alternate story, right? So it's almost like they just, I don't know, they didn't, they're not going for the insanity plea. Well, maybe they kind of were, right? With the whole mental illness deal, right? Yeah. Where they're trying to say that, oh, his brain was damaged. You can't say that his the level of functionality is 100%, that type of thing. I can see how they're trying to say, well, let's put him in a mental institution, right? Yeah. But they don't even try to defend him because – uh, at one point, the prosecution presents the um, security camera footage from Hudson's house. And I, this is something I need to find because I read it and I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was, I think, I think this was his mother's house, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay, Hudson had been in Brazos County Jail for about two months while awaiting his trial. So the other 22 months was spent in Anderson County. Okay, so it was his security camera. Okay. So, and this is just from memory here because I can't, uh, cannot remember exactly. But basically what they were saying was that when they pulled the security camera footage from his camera... They saw him leave his house when the original argument happened, right? Yeah. So he came back, got the tractor, did all that. Then they see him go back to the house because he said all because he said he stayed at his house the whole night. He didn't ever leave his house. Um, the whole night. Right. So they watch him leave. They watch him come back. They watch him go into his house. And then he walks back out of the house with a shotgun and heads back towards the the property next door. So, I mean it's if there's ever a slam dunk it's here i mean plus you've got a complete eyewitness that survived right so uh, apparently apparently hudson had a a limp during the initial investigation and he told investigators that he had suffered an injury in a in a motor vehicle accident and usually wore a brace um but they noted that nowhere on the surveillance video was he seen limping until he returned in Hannah Johnson's vehicle. So when he left the campsite, I guess this is something I left out. When he left the campsite, he left in Hannah's car. Oh. So he took Hannah's car back to his own house, oh, got God. out of the house, or got out of the car, and went to the house. Wow. And then the last, the last part of the when they showed this video, right? Um. Let's see. I'll just let's just go ahead and do the whole video thing, right? So they're just recounting the whole thing. I don't see it here. So on Monday afternoon, video surveillance entered into evidence by Mitchell and Lisa Tanner of the state attorney general's office appears to contradict Hudson's alibi, which was him saying that he was at his house, right? Uh huh. Um, in the video played earlier of Hudson's initial interview with investigators, Hudson acknowledged 
helping pull Carl and Cindy Johnson out of the mud where their truck and trailer had stuck, but he denied any further contact with them after having a beer with them. In the video that they played for the jurors, uh, taken from his own security cameras, uh, a person identified as William Hudson entered William Hudson's home at about 9 p.m. He left shortly after with what appeared to be a shotgun in his hand in the direction of the campsite where Carl and Hannah Johnson were found murdered. Um, hmm. In a later clip, they show him carrying two black cases, which they identified as two gun cases, um, and they had entered those into evidence, right? Right. The gun cases had been recovered from his home with blood and DNA samples from both Carl and Hannah Johnson on them. And then in another clip, uh, they noticed they said that Hudson got into a white vehicle parked at his residence and drove westbound at about 9.30 a.m. that morning. About four minutes later, he was seen on video returning in the white car and entering his home. Let's see, this is after. Let's see. Okay. About four minutes later, Hudson was seen on video returning in the white car and entering his home after County Road 2217, where he lived, had been cordoned off by authorities at both ends. So he tried to leave in Hannah's car. Yeah. And the road was blocked. So he went back. <laughs> Interesting. 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 Uh, the final two clips showed Anderson County Constable Doe Lightfoot and Anderson County Sheriff Greg Taylor and Chief Deputy Troy Black arriving at Hudson's home shortly after 10 a.m. And that's when he was arrested. Ooh. And then at the end of those videos is when the prosecutors rested their case. So, and keep in mind, I didn't mention this, but it kind of goes without saying. The other four, so we're talking about Tom, his two older sons, and then his stepson, KJ, mm -hmm. six-year-old KJ, oh my God. were all murdered and thrown into a pond on William Hudson's property. Wow. So they found those, they found the bodies, there was actually body recovery videos and photo that were showed in the courtroom as well. So Aww. total six people were murdered. Everyone except for Carl, I believe was shot to death. Carl was beat to death. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So at the end of it all, um, this is, and it's crazy to me because so on November 14th, 2015, was when he killed six people, right? Right. Let me make sure I'm right here, but I'm pretty sure yeah, November... Yeah, I, I think that's right what you said. November 15th, 2017, was when he was convicted and sentenced to death. Wow. So literally two day, two years and one day. I mean, almost to the day. Yeah. And... It's like bittersweet the justice. jury the jury deliberated for less than an hour less than an hour came back with a guilty verdict i mean there was uh, no question yeah no question it was obvious yeah so right and there were also and i guess i i kind of missed this part but there were also um phone calls that were submitted as evidence that were from him in jail where he was talking to an ex-girlfriend, his mother, a few other people about that property, saying that it was his, 
and that it was that was it was their last name and that it belonged to them and that they owned that and that they didn't have any right to it and so on and so forth. I mean, it was it was never a secret. The guy is just you know a complete piece of shit. I mean, I get it, right? If it's been in your family for a long time, that sucks. You know, I can imagine that you would kind of feel like you got screwed. Right. Watching the property that's been in your family for a long time kind of get pieced out and sold out. But for him to just go absolutely off the rails, like the guy was, the guy was not right in the head from day one. Right. And it's just, this is another one of those situations where it's somebody who could have been on any authority's radar forever. I mean, for the amount of things that he's done already and the amount of red flags that uh-huh. he's thrown up, right? Right. I mean, this was almost bound to happen. And well, yet, and, but you would think that at some point he would have, something would have happened to him before before this even got to this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you're pulling a shotgun on your on your ex-wife or on your wife, your current wife at the time, mm-hmm. and pointing it to her head, I can imagine there was quite a bit of violence going on already. Yeah, for sure. That never got reported, or if it did get reported, it was probably downplayed. So who knows? But just from the way that everything sounds, it was probably like I can see it being a common occurrence. If that yep. makes sense. Yep, 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 yep. So, he's still in jail? He is still in jail. Where is he being held? I knew you were going to ask me that. I knew at one point. Let's go look. Because I actually looked it up. Because he got life, right? No, he got death. It's just a matter of when. You know how that goes. That's going to take forever if he... Right. Like, he has actually put in an appeal yeah, that, that like, got denied. They're allowed, I think, so many appeals, and they always yep. take them. Yep. They're actually advised by counsel, usually. Yeah, well, he he put in an appeal basically saying that he was treated unfairly at trial and that there were two jurors that were turned away that he felt should have been um, left in that would have been uh, sympathetic to his side. Oh, but maybe that's yeah, why that they were was... turned away. Well, I don't think they were turned away for that. They were turned away for certain. They, they, they were, you know how they do that. They yeah. give them questions on, you know, would had, you know, in this situation, what would you do? And they answered the wrong, que- the wrong answers. I mean, they came out well, with well, the wrong answer for which attorneys meaning. No, 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 no. Meaning the judge said, okay, and I can't remember, God, there's, um, let me see, because it's all legal, legal jargon, right? Right. He alleges that the trial court erred in denying his challenges for cause to Venner members or jurors, Brunson and Hountas, harm from the erroneous denial of a defense challenge for cause focuses on whether a preemptory challenge is wrongfully taken from the defendant. Uh, okay, the trial court stated that the next Venner member or juror for consideration was Moreno and asked if either party wanted to be heard. Defense responded, Your Honor, we would again urge a motion for additional preemptory. 
due to the court's ruling on our lodged motions for cause as tendered in the initial voir 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 convicted of capital murder William Okay, Mitchell appellant Appellant, appellant alleges that Brunson was Brunson was challengeable for cause because she would implicit implicitly place the burden of proof on the first special issue on appellant. She would require defense evidence to establish that there was insufficient evidence regarding a probability that appellant or William Hudson would commit criminal acts of violence and constitute a continuing threat to society. To society. Period. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess so what so what she's saying is that she's placing the burden of proof on the first special issue on him. Yeah. Right? So typically the burden of proof is on the state. Right. And they're saying that the burden of proof she was saying that the burden of proof would be on him. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, in support, appellant contends that Brunson stated that she would have would have to have a doubt not to impose the death penalty and express the belief that a death sentence is the default position after a jury convicts a defendant of capital murder. Would have to have a doubt not to impose the death penalty and express the belief that a death sentence is the default position after a jury convicts a defendant defendant of capital murder. So she would basically they're saying she would default to death to a death sentence if convicted of capital murder, because unless unless she had some kind of a doubt. Hmm. I don't know. That's kind of an odd one to me. If you have a doubt, why would you give a conviction of capital murder in the first place? Right. Well, you're supposed to convict without a reasonable doubt. Exactly. So if there's a doubt which there shouldn't be. <laughs> right. If there is a doubt at all, why the hell are you convicting him of capital murder? Right. Let alone. So basically she's saying that if there is no doubt, she would impose the death penalty. If there was a doubt, she would give life. Okay, well, I found um, Williams Hudson is 39 and he's being held at the Polunsky unit uh, on death row. The Polunsky unit is in Livingston. Livingston. Well, there you go. Yep, yep, yep. And I don't know how many. Let's see. This doesn't. Let's see. It doesn't say what which appeal this is. So I guess it doesn't. I don't know how they do that, right? Um, so if you're yeah. given six appeals or whatever, I don't know. But this doesn't. Uh, this is just one of, so yeah. So the the to that to that appeal it says, appellant raises two points of error. After reviewing appellant's points of error, we find them to be without merit. Consequently, we affirm the trial's court's judgment, trial court's judgment and sentence of death. But usually, so they have their appeals, right? And then once their appeals are exhausted, then that's when uh, an execution date is set. So once the execution date is set, they're done with appeals. That's it. Hmm. And it doesn't look like one's been set because he's just on death row right now. Yeah. 
So he's still on his appeals. And I don't remember how many they're allowed. It says police found blood on a tractor, which Hudson had used to move the bodies. Oh, dang. See, and it says, too, it's less than an hour. It said the jurors uh, deliberated for less than an hour. Yeah. In the Dallas Morning News, it says that Brazos County jurors took 17 minutes to find a man guilty Tuesday in the brutal killings of six acquaintances. In so, East you know Texas. what? Say 17 minutes. Don't say less than an hour. No, I agree. Because <laughs> 17 minutes is a big difference than just less than an hour. I agree. <laughs> so, put seven in 17 minutes. There you go. Yeah. In 17 minutes. That's, that's in 17 minutes. In 17 minutes. 17 minutes. You take whichever one you want. There you go. I gave you five. Yeah, so November 14th, 2015 is when he killed him. November 15th, 2017 is when he's sentenced to death. Wow. So that was good. I, I had never even heard of that one. It was your mom. <laughs> My mom? Yep. She told you about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does that. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're worth it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm just glad that you finally realized it. Yeah. You didn't say the thing. There's a thing? Yeah. No. What, what was the, it? On to the next. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, yeah. Right, yeah.